super exciting yesterday backstory later. Ah, shit. <laughs> Twelve of Tuesday, we got Bryce. Twelve, of course, the big motherfucker, Yeston. That's uh, good. <laughs> not much. Uh, Bryce, what do you want to talk about? What's today? going on? Uh, the Seahawks, how bad they've looked with such a good offensive roster. I can, I mean, you would think getting one of the top quarterbacks back in the league would actually do them some good. He only targeted DK Metcalf twice, one being like a two-yard catch. I mean, he got open a lot of the game. It's It definitely can't be DK's fault. Yeah, it's shocking seeing how consistently the man's getting open and not getting targeted. And you're just sort of sitting there going, yeah, that's Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. Yeah, that's OBJ in Cleveland. Yeah, that's pretty much a, most great receivers with mediocre to bad quarterbacks. And you didn't think you'd really be saying that about Russell Wilson. But I mean... Calvin Johnson with uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, the, when the man gets open with such consistency, hit him. It's that simple. You will move the ball. You will score touchdowns. I mean, what he, are you scored, for? he scored with, uh, was it Freddie Swain and Gerald Everett yesterday. You could have... I mean, yeah, could have done something with DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, the man's there. He's open. He's got hands. He, he's one of the best in the game, I think. Yeah. I mean, I uh, he's, he's... there's a bigger problem or a deeper problem in Seattle in the front office um, with, A, how coaching has been lately, but long term. You look at the first round picks, guys like Jermaine Effetti, Rashad Penny, and LJ Collier have been their first round selections from 2016 to 2019. And they're not infusing young talent into this roster right now. Russell Wilson is aging with a bad roster. And I, I kind of see into, or, or I'm better able to sympathize with how Russell Wilson was acting this off season when he was demanding a trade and at least scaring the Seahawks that he, he could ask for a trade, so. Mm. You'd be just I mean, though. Yeah. The Seahawks first round pick this year is with the Jets, and that's top five pick. I mean, you just put your whole future into a box safety. safety. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't gonna do anything for you long term. It's just it's not a premium position. So at the root of the problem, they spent way too much on a one trick pony, a, a pony who's very good at that one trick, but like mm-hmm. you don't spend, maybe I wouldn't even have spent a first rounder on a box safety like that. You don't win Super Bowls with uh, safeties. You don't win Super Bowls with safeties, nor do you with the lack of talent on the roster. I mean, the offensive right. line is pretty beat up. I'm doing my pre-draft analysis and everything for every team, and I just looked at the Seahawks. They have some key free agents leaving. It, it, things are not looking up. Cap is going to be tight. They don't have many draft picks. No, they only had and, three last season. Right, three draft right. picks, and they well, were all late round, wasn't it? Mid late round. There yeah. was one in the second round, right before the Saints picked. I remember because they took and they got Dwayne Eskridge. The Eskridge, yeah, from yeah. Eastern Mich- Michigan, I think, or Western Michigan, or something. And and he just he's wildly underperformed he was on the practice squad and he was on a healthy scratch and ir and like he's had a rough go 
and he was their first pick this year. So, yeah, I'm looking at Jamal Adams' contract right now. He signed a four-year extension worth seventy million mm-hmm. back early in the summer. I think it's committing big, big money to players like that is a is a huge roster building mistake, sure. But it's manageable. It's a, it's entirely manageable. But when you've also committed that much draft capital, you're not bringing in young talent that's going you know, that's on those cheap rookie contracts that keeps your roster sustainable. Yeah. I mean, know, that's I, my with, biggest problem with Seattle right now yeah. is that they're wasting draft picks. With how they draft in the first round, maybe it ain't a bad idea. They're getting rid of all this. Mm-hmm. Honestly. I mean, like, the Rams are doing saving really them well. from another LJ Collier. Yeah. And the Rams well, I mean, are doing they, pretty they, well because they, they got this, uh, they, they're getting rid of draft picks, sure, but they're getting rid of first rounders and maintaining their second, third, fourth, fifth. They get to build out bulk. They get to, you know, uh, save money that they're spending on free agents and on you know trade targets but um they're saving that money because they're still getting a decent chunk of guys in the draft even if it's not just first round talent all the time right they are 53 million dollars in cap next off season i I mean like their best players russell wilson it's been over five years since he was drafted jamal murray over I think we're just at over five years since he was drafted. Bobby Wagner. I mean, a lot of their key defensive and offensive players are their rookie contracts are past or close to expiring. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, they're in a cap deficit with no, no draft picks. Yeah. It's I an ugly option for the future. Imagine if you can't afford to sign 53 men to the roster. Right, I mean, they're approaching that. If they, it, it's going to be like the Saints last year with coming. Hmm. It's going to be I like you're right. the Saints last year with how much of a cap hole they were in. Mm-hmm. Going to be incredibly clever trying to manage that money. But even then, at what point does ownership stop you managing your money, managing the money, and trying to beat the cap? Because you're not beating the cap, you're beating capital. It's just like the Raiders were having issues. Um, in these past two off seasons with uh, not with getting underneath the cap space, but getting, you know, generating enough profit as a team to, to, you know, to start working to work their way around that cap. It's, it's shocking to me. And yet you see it, you're seeing it a couple of times and you haven't seen stuff like that in the NFL since the nineties, but teams are just overspending. And um, obviously, you know, years like, like the past one where the cap went down have caused some issues, but, Generally, teams are able to, you know, do a little tricky mathematics and beat the cap, but then they're spending the franchise's money that is outside of the cap, and owners don't want that. I mean, they'll allow it, but they don't want you overspending all of the money that could be potentially going to their pockets. How long until we start blaming Russell Wilson for the offense's mistakes? I think right now we have to start placing blame on him. Hmm. Yeah, because he's been missing a ton of throws and a ton of deep you know, a ton of high-quality passes that he's just chucking three-yard checkdowns. We should not rule out that the injury has changed him, at least for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah. that it was a gruesome injury, especially on a hand that you need at the quarterback position to do your job. Like, yeah. that, it, it, it was a key injury for a quarterback, and he rushed back. I mean, this is sooner than we expected him back. Yeah, and now we are seeing mediocre to below average quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, we were expecting to see him what four to seven weeks, and he was back in like three. It now, was, uh, 
it's it's just he, he, if he rushed if he did rush back all the way then he's not going to be getting that he doesn't he's not going to have that same grip or control on the ball he's lacking strength and dexterity and yeah that's, of course there's going to be a problem imagine you know imagine your jpp trying to make an interception with your club hand which i think that's illegal by the way you see how much he tapes that thing up every game yeah it's like, like i don't know how the nfl still lets him do that they just they just strap like a one like yard a club, long stick. Just, yeah. yeah, just just yeah. keep on making his arm longer and longer and bigger and bigger. He's gonna block field goals from the two yard line. Like no, like, I don't know no, why there... Aaron, Aaron Donald should like accidentally have a hand accident and tape his thing up because like he's already unstoppable. Imagine him yeah. with a big mitt. Yeah, just yeah, just put, put put a massive glove on that hand. I'm not sure. Is there goaltending in the NFL? Like, could I stand in the end zone and just jump up and like knock the ball out as it's going through the uprights? <laughs> Is that legal? Because, you know, you can't do it in the NBA, but I don't think there's any rule in the NFL about it. Just get, like, a really long stick on that album. I wonder what would happen if they had, like, a returner down there and it hit the crossbar and they had, you know, the vertical to hit it. Yeah. And you just knock that ball out of the way. I think you could do it. Is it illegal to use the – to, to like, leap up and, like, hit yeah. the – Yeah, like, like, the the like if Detroit it. had somebody back on Tucker's kick. Cause that hit like right off the front of the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. they swap. They would have a good point. Win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, it's a blocked field goal, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably it illegal. We don't know that. I, I know. You guys the keep talking. I'm gonna look this up. For this. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, back to Seattle. Do you put how much blame do you put on Pete Carroll, oh, if at all? What a bit. I mean, they haven't. They weren't performing when Russell Wilson was healthy. The, the, I put quite a bit on him. I put a lot on John Schneider, their general yeah. manager. I have been with how the roster was put together. Not, not only that. I mean, it's the way he manages his team mid-season, and like the only thing that I like about him is that he's willing to extend his his, his own players. So guys like Tyler Lockett will get the bag, and Russell Wilson and Dwayne Brown, and um, they've kept. Bobby Wagner around for a long time but other than that he's drafting horribly I mean the future is just not not very bright for Seattle the future consists of LJ LJ Collier and Rashad Penny like, I mean that's not a future you want to no and, and they did not pick up the fifth year option on Rashad Penny he's going to be in uh unrestricted he can never stay healthy no I mean and that's another flaw I mean you know your pre-draft process when you're figuring out players and everything, I just, I'm wildly disappointed by the Seahawks front office. And we've seen it coming for the last couple of seasons, odd collapses at different times and stuff. So. Okay. I reviewed the NFL rules for kicking and um, field goal blocks. It's not illegal. And? It's not illegal. It's not illegal. And there's no rule against using the field goal as a, like a, something as to, to prop yourself up. Like, you know, how pyramiding is illegal. You can't stack up on other players for extra height. There's no yeah. such rule about using the using the uprights. So you could theoretically leap up, like launch yourself off the bar and like smack that thing out of the sky. And also, and there's no both legs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, to be fair, if it was the Super Bowl, you're not sending in your backups, backups, backup to give that a go. Um, also, also, <laughs> there's nothing illegal about touching the goalposts during a kick either. So let's say that thing's almost, almost wide right. 
You get someone under there, just give those things a wobble and make the post move. Jimmy Graham did it a couple years ago. Legal. He bent it. <laughs> it's technically legal because only because there's no rule about it. Obviously, I would fully expect a referee to throw a flag on the play and say, I don't know, unsportsmanlike conduct or something. But it is not technically a breach of the rules. So there's your, there's your update. Wow. That is one of the best discussions we've ever had on this podcast. Yeah, there we are. This is groundbreaking stuff, guys. You know the those Lions like, moments... could have one win. <laughs> yeah, they could. The the uh, there are moments in NFL history that really changed the game. You know, the introduction of the forward pass, the AFL NFL merger, fucking around with the goddamn goalposts mid kick. Here we are, guys. This is history. <laughs> it would make for some quality television. It would make I that I don't condone rushing the field, but I feel like if you see someone do that and they get away with it, everyone in the stands is fully that's free range. You can go and beat that man. <laughs> anyway, thanks for hearing me out, guys. That was that was that was that was that was wavelength. Thanks. Uh, what else were we even going to talk about? I don't remember. I don't know. How bad the Rams are looking with how great that roster <laughs> yeah, seems to be built on paper. I I can't. I cannot understand how good they are and also are not at the same time. But the I thing mean, is, they lost three games in a row, but they're seven and four. They were all the best teams in the NFL, and suddenly they've lost three games just and all collapsed. of them have been bad. Yeah. And we don't like what is can anyone think of why? The fun bag just deflated. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a legit reason why they're losing all these games. They have the talent on the roster to actually make mm-hmm. it to Super Bowl. Everyone thought they were gonna make the Super Bowl before the season. And then they got Von Miller and and uh, Odell Beckham. It's curious. It's the chemistry. It is absolutely 100% the chemistry on that football team right now. That is messing them up. And I think that there is, there has been a decline in Matthew Stafford's play the last few weeks, Mm -hmm. along with Sean McVay's play calling and time management. There was a report of the chronic back pain for Matthew Stafford that he's playing with right now. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. I I read a lot. He's going through it right now. Yeah, basically. and I think that was rough. Of all scenarios, to play in cold open air Green Bay that week. Yeah, these you're playing in sunny LA. Your joints aren't quite as stiff. You know, you're not getting you know uh, iced out. It's it's uh, really unfortunate that of all the places he could have played that week, he had to play there. But also, is chemistry really like the the thing? I or it, I feel like that's like the only answer we have, but. Because that's the only real answer. Without... It makes sense. Yeah. yeah, but it's but but it's it's shocking that that appears to be what it came down to. Was the loss of Robert Woods that much of a, an issue for this offense? I mean, I know he was having one of the best years of his career again, I mean, but I'll be the first to tell you, Van Jefferson has stepped up to that wide receiver two spot tremendously. But he's still inconsistent, and I just don't yeah. think that. You oh, know, I mean, you know, he'll consistent too. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're, you're, you know, is, it, is that it? Do the Rams just need to make the playoffs and get hot, just like every other team in, in the like Rams did when they won the Super Bowl? I mean, Tampa loaded a ton of talent onto a roster, waited for chemistry to click, and it just so happened that the click was. They were seven the and five last year, and then they won the Super Bowl. So 
it can click at any time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you, you've seen it so many times. Teams with a mediocre throughout the course of the year get hot late and go on a run. Some teams get hot to start the year. They cool off. They, you know, have some issues, but they figure things the out Seahawks right at the end and go, and go deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that is the Seahawks every year. But, you know, without minus the going deep in the playoffs, that is. But it's, it's, it's entirely plausible. I mean, some teams start off well, get figured out, rewrite the book on themselves and go out there and beat it. And I just, I'm kind of expecting that from the Rams because I don't think that chemistry is a chemistry and play calling is a good enough excuse for them to give themselves to justify them losing. They need to step it up immediately because this is the NFL. If you don't step it up immediately, you lose. And that's it. One other thing I wanted to mention too is how great the Patriots are playing right now. I mean, we all know they spent hundred. Sorry, the price cut out for some reason. Yeah, here I, I never even muted myself. Anyway. Yeah, uh, weird. One other thing I wanted to mention too is how great the Patriots are playing right now. Oh yeah, no, we're just. Did X pay you to say that? Yeah, no, he's. He's in a little bit of time out right now. I mean, (laughs) Mac Jones is playing well, and the defense looks like a Bill Belichick defense. They're not the best team in the AFC. No, I agree with that. No, they are. Uh, Oh, really, Bill's fan? They're not the best team in the AFC. You don't. No, I say (laughs) this because having having a well schemed defense full of guys who do their job well isn't enough to make you a great contender because I would argue that the Raiders offense is as good as the Patriots offense is and the defense didn't stick around for them right now. They've come to make a lot of mistakes in recent They also recent, don't have recent a years. coach. I mean, they that's reasonable. Yeah. The difference in the if that's why I would say that the only two differences, the only difference between those two franchises right now in terms of the product they're putting on the field is, is different coaches. I mean, Bill Belichick's... They're... They they made a, a bold move in free agency, taking everyone and spending a lot of money. And they have the best free agent pickup so far in Matt Judon. And then they also have a couple rough ones. Um, coming to mind is overpaid Nelson Aguilar and uh, the oft-injured fumble machine, Jonu Smith. And Hunter Henry's been good. Kendrick Bourne has been pre- pretty dang effect- effective. I mean, he's Bourne's- a good route runner. Inside yeah, born has 623 yards and five TDs. Who expected nice. to see that after his swirling too. Niners career? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the Bill Belichick hits, but they're, they overpaid at, at, you know, other positions. And I just don't um, think anybody expected to see this from the Patriots so early. No, and I, I'm not saying they're a bad team. They have good players. JC Jackson's <laughs> playing well. They, their safeties are, are always on the same page. Um, it's it's really nice to have guys like Kyle Van Neubeck and Matt Juden obviously playing at a elite level. The defense is playing really well, and Mac Jones has been great. And I, I I'm not even like tooting my own horn. I think I was one of those guys that that saw the ability to be able to step into the NFL and immediately facilitate. A lot of people didn't like him in the pre-draft process because Bama he has all these weapons. He's not mobile. He doesn't have to be. He's making his throws. 
and guys are getting open for him. He's throwing a couple of them open, and that's a sign of a quarterback, a young one at that, raising the talent level of those around him, and that is a sign of a good team. They're not the best team in the AFC, and I just I'll debate I'll debate anyone on that. I would yeah. say AFC have the best or a best team. Mm, that's actually because right point. now I I don't see a good consistent team. Mm. Titans are constantly injured. So are the Ravens. Bills have been inconsistent. Patriots aren't quite there yet. Chiefs are still fairly inconsistent. Is it the Bengals then? Is that really what we've come to? No, I mean, the Chiefs are the best team. Don't play football. I mean, there are – you get past the teams that are good but are playing at an inconsistent Mm. level, and then you just see teams with major holes. The Bengals' offense can score 30 points on any team. Mm-hmm. But their defense right now, their cornerbacks, like, aren't even showing up on game day. They're, they have two great safeties, but outside they of that, they have a nice pass rush, but week. that's about it. Um, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, they've been nice. And I just think that the, the defense is the last thing that they need to address, and they need to pound it hard this offseason. As long as you have Joe Burrow on a rookie deal, you got Jamar Chase on a rookie deal, you got T. Higgins on a rookie deal. You got to be making moves. And Joe Mixon's not getting any younger, and he's not getting any less reps and any less tread off the tire. It's go time. Yeah. They got to invest in that defense. But I'm a big Bengals believer, not to sidetrack us. But yeah. Zach Taylor has redeemed redeemed himself tremendously, too. In More than I two think years. Kingsbury has. Yeah. I well, yeah. It's reasonable. Definitely. I do. Yeah. I mean, if you look where it, both teams were, when uh, the head coaches were hired and where they were last year, I mean, it's just obvious who's been better. Right. Sorry, yeah, Stephen, but it's true. Were we comparing Zach Taylor to? Uh, no one. Cliff. No, no one you know. <laughs> yeah, but Cliff's going to win the Super Bowl this year, so, like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> My God. Be fair, they both right now. They're both playing, uh, both playing as many playoff games as each other. Who's the best quarterback in the league right now? Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'd have to say Aaron Rodgers. It's got to be Rodgers. Just because he's the only one who's Kyler made that. Murray. I don't think he hasn't played. I expected Stephen and I expected Stephen to say Kyler Murray okay. still, but best I'm ability is availability. Rodgers. Now I will say if Dak Prescott was consistent and he was doing everything win or loss that he's doing in these good games. Mm-hmm. I think he is MVP, best quarterback, offensive player of the year, all that. Like he was playing at a ridiculously high level. Yeah. When he's on, Boba, he's I'm on. Reverse, I'm reverse hippieing you, but the virtual <laughs> background isn't really helping. And I'm old and that kind of hurt my hip. Sorry. <laughs> uh you know how much torque you have to toy, bend like that? Nice, I've been going uh, to the gym, y'all. I'm too sore for this. <laughs> See, Dude, I haven't been going to the gym, and I'm also too sore for this. Yes, Gyms I feel that. <laughs> All right, what's next? Can we talk poorly about the Cardinals more? Or... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of ready for game of the week. Yeah, let's do uh, yes, game previews. Let's do it. Best oh, really? and worst. Ooh, worst game. Uh, that's a tough question. There are, hmm. some, there are some bad ones. 
there are some some crap fests here. I think the I Eagles think I found Jets, my bad game. Eagles and the Jets. Giants That's Dolphins. My bad game. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. Daniel Jones Giants is going to be starting. Bad. Oh, you just said that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones doesn't even start. Me good to see Mike Glennon versus Tua Tagovailoa. By the way, the Giants just stole Jake Fromm off our practice squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy about outraged. it. Get him out of Buffalo. I mean, yeah, I'm happy about it too. I didn't care about him at all, but I'm outraged they would dare take him. Isn't he like racist or something? <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was an issue. Only elite yeah. whites can own guns. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, you just got drafted. Or maybe that yep. was like before the draft or something. No, it no, was that, after. It literally, it was yeah. no, I remember. I was like, dang, you like just achieved your dreams and you're already pissing them away. Yeah, it was that, it was that fast. Yeah, that it tanked his trade value. I would have loved to get rid of him for something instead of getting. Do y'all remember free. when Jake Fromm was a a freshman or a sophomore, and we were like, "Oh my god, I can't wait until he's in the draft. He's first overall, and all that." And he was getting like a lot of that huge hype pre, like a couple years before the draft, and each year his stock fell and fell and fell. And what's crazy is Buffalo drafted him, and neither him or him and Allen don't aren't the same uh, quarterback. No, Nor is, I guess Mitch Trubis- Trubisky is more. He's closer to Allen. Sort of, yeah, Cause he, yeah, because yeah. he's athletic and yeah, similar. Mobile, he can yeah. throw the ball down the field. Yeah, somewhat yeah. similar play styles that would let him succeed in the offense on the you know, whenever he does have to play for Allen without them having to completely alter the offense to get any yardage. Do you think he will start like week seventeen or something? If you all have locked up the seed you want, um, you know, if you'd asked me that question six weeks ago, I would have said yes. Oh, week eighteen. Um, but but we've had, you, we've had two slaps. In, um, no, we've had two Ask slaps in the that... since then, and the margin for error has changed. Ask um, me that in three a, weeks. Then yeah, there's a much bigger chance. Yeah, much bigger chance that Week 18 means something now. What, what is your biggest concern about this Buffalo Bills team? Um, the consistency on the offensive line. Yeah, that's 100%. No, actually, I think Sean McDermott being bold works in our favor. Um, it's, it's a huge tactical advantage for us. It means that the, his hair never gets in his face when he's trying to call plays. It's perfect. Yeah, but um, he's bald like and injured, so it's like worst-case scenario. Okay, but he's bald, but he makes it work. That man's, a, that, that man's one of the better-looking head coaches in the league. Like, come on, do you want Bill Belichick with Bill Belichick's hair or Sean, McDerm- Sean McDermott with no hair? I'm not attracted to middle-aged to older white men, so... so Clearly, you're missing out. Um, but younger <laughs> uh, people of color, they're on the table. It's <laughs> not a good statement. <laughs> not a good statement at all. Uh, anyway, um, my worst game of the week is Jacksonville Jaguars versus LA Rams. Because the only thing worse than two bad teams playing is one bad team playing one pretty good team. Because, yeah, it's probably going to be a blowout. And if the game's over by the middle of the second quarter, I'm just going to be bored. I mean, there's a little bit of intrigue because people are worried about the Rams, but not about worried about them losing to the Jaguars. More worried about whether or not they can you know, still compete for their division. You may know, just like, be scrolling through red zone for most of the day instead. Yeah, you know, just... Uh, there's a couple games of interest to me, though. Um, for the starters... I have a lot of interest in Ravens-Steelers just because the entire AFC North as a division right yeah. now is fascinating. 
I mean, you can't... I think the Bengals are going to win it, though. They really could. And frankly, from what we've seen from this, this season from all four teams, they deserve it the most. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been the most consistent, even in losses. Mm-hmm. They are playing to the same strength. Mm-hmm. And I, I also have <clears throat> quite a bit of interest in... Um, where was it? Broncos Chiefs, weirdly enough. I mean, if you told me that that was going to be a super important game in week 13 at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed at you. But the Chiefs have seen a lot of trouble since then. And even though they're starting to look like they're back on track, they haven't fixed any of their issues. Nothing's changed. They're just winning games doing exactly what they were always doing. And the Broncos are having such an incredible year defensively that I think that they have the capability to really limit them. And then it's only a matter of scoring, what, 18 points, 20 points? You can win with that if you put up a decent defensive game against this Chiefs. Used to need, you know, We've seen it with the Giants. They played a decent defensive game. Yeah, they did. They did and almost great. beat them. They just no. played well enough, and they were somewhat disciplined, and that was enough to keep the Kansas City on the back foot. And I think that Kansas City aren't that big, scary AFC boogeyman they used to be. I say I'm they not used to be resold. I, everyone else is buying right back in. I am not resold on oh. the Chiefs. No, they have they have issues. They haven't fixed them. They're just hoping that they can band them. them for long. Yeah. yeah, Come talk to me in the playoffs, and then we'll see. Ask me that same question when the playoffs start. Yeah, and we'll see how it goes. Chiefs' next two opponents are the Broncos and the uh, Raiders, and then right after that. They have Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. Um, yeah, Broncos, Raiders, Chargers. Yeah, and you know that's, that's a tough stretch. It is it's tough hard stretch. to win three division games. Yeah, against opponents who and are the Raiders always play in the top too. Oh, always, except for earlier this season, but that was a one-off. And then they got the Steelers, and then they've got who? The Bengals. Yeah, they got the Steelers and the Bengals, then the Broncos again. That's their whole. I mean, half most of their their remaining schedule is divisional. Um, I mean, you can't tell me that they're going to go come through those games going three and one, four and zero. Oh. I think that's a two and two split. I agree. Mm. Anyway. Because I, I think they've also they're on a four game win streak. I believe it's going to be a rough stretch to keep a potential seven game win streak alive against division opponents. Oh yeah. All three who are playing tough football right now, too. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's a very scrappy division all around. The Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, none of them will go away. They need mm-hmm. to be forced out. Yeah. Also, um, you said that's a four-game win streak right now. Those four wins are 20-17 um, to 17 narrowly beating the Giants, and they barely beat them. Um, 13 to 7 against Aaron Rodgers' backup in uh, Green Bay. That game was terrible. Yeah. I forgot it was Jordan Love. That stunning blowout of the Raiders, um, in which case, you know, the, some of the worst of the rate, yeah, 41 yeah. 14, in some of the Raiders' um, most major troubles. And now the Raiders have bounced back a little bit since then. Um, and then uh, they, they just had their, their bye week. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a confident stretch. Oh yeah, and they barely beat the Cowboys. I say barely. They are, they've won by I mean, ten, but it wasn't so. It wasn't a good I did game a offensively. Lot of film study on the Cowboys because the Saints are playing them on Thursday, mm-hmm. and in what I saw from their offense, there is one kind of coverage that sh- that shuts down that offense, 
And it's the one kind of coverage that they say you can't play against the Cowboys. And it's cover one. Mm-hmm. And it's an adaptation of cover one called cover one rat, where they have two linebackers playing. They have three corners. So that's five. They have two safeties and then they have four down linemen. And um, what they do is they're watching a tight end, a running back, a slot receiver, something like that, where if he comes into the flat, the two corner, the two linebackers in the middle will put him in a pyramid and whichever way he cuts, the closest linebacker will cover. And then the other is a robber in the middle of the field. It's how they got, how the Broncos got two picks that one week. And the way to beat this coverage is with vertical routes. Any vertical route will kill this coverage. If you have two of them, there's only one high safety. And then you got people on islands. So you'd think that the Cowboys with CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, they have Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard's a great pass catcher. You think that they would go vertical. They went vertical once against that coverage with CeeDee Lamb. He was wide open and Dak missed him. There is a lack of adaptability from this coaching staff and the Cowboys are missing clear cues that people like me a a teenager who's watching this film can see and you you have to learn to adjust to it I mean uh that Ravens lost that that time that the Ravens lost on Monday night or maybe it was Thursday night to the Dolphins the Dolphins ran one blitz 38 times and it was effective like 35 of the times they teams that don't adjust mid-game are going to lose bad football games and right now that's what i see the cowboys doing they are the games that they are losing is because there are zero defensive adjustments being made mm. sorry i know i just rambled but no no it was legit this is a flood cowboys legit. team yeah they didn't it's strange watching teams fail to make adjustments in the nfl you're a pro Week in, week yeah. out, you analyze the film, you would, you, and, and you understand what beats what. Which chess piece do you move in response to which you know chess piece by your opponent? And you know, if I if I, I, I push my pawn forwards and they take him, and I just push another pawn forwards and they take that one, I'm going to be uh, running low on pieces really quickly. And it's just like shocking to see it in the least, NFL. At least the players would recognize it. Like yeah. at least. Your green dot linebacker, whose job it is to call these plays and know every single one. Like, in my case, I can't imagine a guy like Demario Davis, who's the Saints green dot. I can never imagine him letting that happen. Letting a a one call beat you the whole game. I just there players in the NFL, at least over the coaching staff, are smart enough to recognize something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's disappointing to see from the Cowboys, who are such a talented team. Yeah, there's no reason they uh, that they should be missing that, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with Dak under center, you would imagine that he's got enough experience under his belt mm-hmm. at this at this well, point in his career. They're having offensive troubles. Aside from that, Mike McCarthy is kind of an ass. I don't like him. I think he he has been mismanaging this. He's been team getting lucky and writing talent. He's writing the talent. I mean, mm-hmm. there is so much talent on that roster. I I'm the last man. I am the last person who would love to compliment this man. But Jerry Jones has good, done a good job assembling this roster. Even the crazy draft picks are some of them are hitting. So, I mean, Micah freaking Parsons. I could do a whole podcast on Micah Parsons. Oh God, he's fantastic, isn't he? He's incredible. He's, I, he's fun to watch. It is weird to find. And he's a dominating at DN too. I mean, yeah. Micah Parsons and Devin White are two of those guys that, like, I could watch them all day. They're electric. But 
That's for a whole separate podcast. Definitely. Steven, what you got? I don't know. I... Now he's over there watching uh, Instagram videos. Yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> one, this one girl posted. I know there's a minute left. I've like, I've been keeping track of time. Yeah. Jeez, like, just like live your life. Don't put all of it on your story. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Cool. So wait, you just you telling me you just want like a tasteful amount of coverage? Yeah. Yeah. You just want to find out some things, but you want to be left wondering. Yeah, I, I like things being left up to the imagination. Mm. Dropping some clues in that tape. Yeah. <laughs> or just like not knowing at all, just like live your life and you know. Mm. Yeah, but see, yeah. I don't know anything on the daily. That's fun. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I, it, it, oh, ignorance is bliss, and I'm in it. Yeah, I'm just pretty dumb, so oh. I guess that's a different kind of ignorance. <laughs> it's true. Well, yeah. Willful or unwillful. Don't know what either of those words mean. 